RSN Central with Gareth Hall. It's 12.28. It's great to have your company. Now, a few names coming through on the SMS line, 0416905052 for the best name race in the history of races. Matty Stewart's concept. One here from Matty O. No third dividend got me again, made in stakes. I like that. Gets me all the time as well. And it's such a disappointment appointment when you think you've got third, then you look up and there's no third dividend. And I love Linda Meach Class 3. There you go. That's from Steve, a Linda Meach fan there. 12.28. Guess what? It's time to talk harness racing now. And we have a breaking story regarding the breeding industry with harness racing in Victoria. And the man that's about to tell us all about this is HRV's General Manager of Racing, Steve Bell. And he now joins us on RSN Central. Good afternoon to you, Steve. How are you, Gareth? Good, thanks, mate. Yeah, welcome to the show. What can you tell us? Oh, look, it's great news for the Victorian breeding industry here that um, we've just had sign-off that for the second year in a row, um, Harness Race Victoria, we're going to waive the fees uh, for the Victorian Red Foals um, for starting July 1st, 2019 um, for the season. So if um, if you've bred it with a Victorian mare uh, to a Victorian stallion, then um, HRV will waive the foal registration fee. So um, great to uh, get that signed off by the board and Victorian breeding industry. Okay, so this is the second time that you've done it. Obviously, did you have success with it from that previous year? Did you see more horses bred because of this? Oh, it certainly helped out. Look, you know, you can't lie with figures, uh, Gareth, that the, the foal population has uh, been on a bit of a decline yep. in the last probably five years. So, you know, we're throwing everything we can to support the local breeding industry. So the decline certainly uh, didn't go down as much as it had the previous year. So that was positive. So, we, you know, we saw some uh, a stable result, if you like. So we're hoping that again and uh, by throwing some more incentives to the local breeding industry. Uh, you know, we understand it. It's tough out there for them all, so any way we can help, um, that's what we're trying to do. It is the biggest issue in this sport at the moment, harness racing, the breeding numbers declining, but you've also injected $141,000 into breeder certificates. Can you just explain what that's all about, the breeding certificates? Yeah, absolutely. So what we did in uh, in May and June, June, any race, uh, it was a mare's race that was above... Um, 7000 or above, we threw a $1,500 breeding certificate. Um, $1,000 went to the breeder of the uh, winning horse and $500 went to the owner of the winning horse. So, um, and then in July, all our breeder finals uh, carried the same bonus. So great to see you know, $141,000 in breeding certificates. So, yeah, Gareth, what we're hoping is um, we've given them a little bit of a, uh, a bit of a to, to help them financially to, to, to go to a stallion. So once again, to try and stimulate the breeding industry and, and get our foal population growing again. Thanks for that, Steve. Appreciate your time. No worries, Gareth. There's Steve Bell from Harness Race in Victoria. So repeating that news today, HRV for the second year in a row will waive fees for Victorian at bread foals. So it needs to be a Victorian mare and also breeding to a Victorian standing stallion between, of course, July 1 and June 30 of 2020. It is time for gate speed on this Monday morning. This is the time where we talk harness racing. We have a fun look at this wonderful sport with two people that love this game with a great passion. 
Jason Bonington and Blake Redden. Good morning to you, Blake. Morning, Gareth. Sounds like a written intro. You've it really is. wound yourself up for Gates Speak today. Up. I make that up, Blakey. It's just naturally. I like some people. Who, no. You're a talent. I sound like Jason Bonington. Oh, I hey, love man, myself, Jason Bonington. Jason, I love myself, Bonington. <laughs> what? Good morning to, or good afternoon to you. I, look, I've, I've, got a, I've got a reasonable opinion of myself, Gareth, <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. You hadn't even introduced me before you start potting me. Do, do, I did do, say Jason Bonington well, and Blake just, Redding. You, you good morning, Jason. Oh, good morning, just, Blake. Well, look, you said my name. That's something. That's something. I'll, 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 I'll what else do you want as an introduction? Well, I'd like you to say good morning, look, good afternoon, Jason. How are you feeling? What have you been up to? How was your weekend? Thanks I don't for giving think me anyone cares, do they? Well, I, well, I think they probably, <laughs> I think they probably do. As much as uh, you know, all of us sitting in here, we probably had a good weekend, and I, I think punters would like to know, particularly since I gave you so many winners, and you, yep. you haven't said anything about no, that yet. No, you didn't, because I want to pat you on the back because, and I think this is a great initiative from tab.com.au, mm. wonderful sponsors of RSN Central. When you have your tab up app and you're wanting to back a winner like I was on a, a Saturday night at the football when that game got boring between the doggies and the bombers mm-hmm. and you're looking for a winner but you just click on your video mm-hmm. and you're right on the mark with the speed maps you, you help pundits suggest how you should be playing that race and that has to be good for turnover because bang straight away you've got information and punting and getting people to punt that's why you do those drivers interviews before the 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 race you need to provide information that the punters don't have well, that's what we're trying to do, Gareth, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad that we uh, were relatively successful. And most of our previews have been a great initiative. They've been around now probably two years, I'd imagine. Blake Redden's seen his head on there on a number of occasions. You probably did him once upon a time, No, Gareth. I never would do you that, You never no. did that? <laughs> well, look, I, who knows? Who knows what lies in your future? We'll do the tea leaves later on. But, look, hopefully they do help. We do them for all the Friday and Saturday night meetings in harness racing. And, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully on Saturday night they prove fruitful. Five things we learn. Now, I don't make these points mm-hmm. and this is a flog of this is a flog off from Jason Bonington basically pumping up his own tyres mm-hmm. point number one mm-hmm. Hurricane hands out a lesson but is Bonington back on board question mark my question to you Gareth is do you think no. I wrote that down yes no I didn't well you love Hurricane uh, Harley because you tipped it and declared it on this show and no. I did question you and and I was wrong it, yeah no no, and it takes a big man not necessarily saying you are a big man but it does take a big man to admit yep. when they're wrong didn't write that that was written by Blake Redden yep. I, I, I was never off but I thought it was actually offensive to me rather than a pump up I was never off the Hurricane Harley train are you sure that's not what I remember. That's not how I remember. We it. have private conversations, and it's been a difficult relationship between me and the horse. You've been in some of those, Gareth. Difficult have relationships, I? ups and downs, and <laughs> not really. Sometimes I sometimes... only had one relationship in the last seven years, and I met the love of my life. So <laughs> you're making up crap again. You think, but sometimes you think that it's over, and then uh, all of a sudden you, you have a candlelit dinner, and it's all back on. And that's what that's what happened on on uh, Friday night at Ballarat. Personal experience there. He's going back on anecdotes <laughs> about himself again. Um, Hurricane Harley was yeah. in. Impressive, led all of the way in a heat. Yeah. You, you can't trust him because if it doesn't go his way, you, he gallops. If he does too much work, he can't be there at the finish. No doubt about his ability, but I could never back him in a future market, Blake. Uh, no, probably not. No. But it, it is interesting that Chris Alford drove him for the first time in a long time uh, on, on Friday night and um, obviously got the best out of him. So... Yeah, I mean, he clearly has to find some some lengths on what he did in the Vic Bread Super Series, but Bon, I'm sure you're open to the, the idea that he will. Oh, I'm not. I'm not declaring him to win the final or even win his semi final. Look, it's going to be draw dependent. It's the strongest of the the uh, categories of the Breeders' Crown, the three year old Colts and Geldings. But I don't think what Hurricane Harley did. 
on Friday night can be denied. He's beaten Lochinvarat, who's a horse who does not ever give up. No quit in Lochinvarat, as uh, Clayton Tonkin might say. And he just... He speared away from him. He's beaten him by 11 metres. Lockenvarat was beaten by the best three-year-old in Australasia. Yeah. Self-assured by under eight metres in the Queensland Derby after pulling all the way. So no horse, no three-year-old in this country in Australasia would have beaten Hurricane Harley the way he went on Friday night at Ballarat. Just having a look at the market for that three-year-old final with tab.com.au. Mm-hmm. Harley, three fifty equal favourite with Lockenvarat. Mm-hmm. Demon Delight, $5 out to play. Max Delight at seven. What's Maxie doing at the moment? Was okay the other night. He did. He never got a run. No, he, he's the best. If I had to take one of those horses home, what I saw last year, say in a New South Wales Derby, he's the horse that I would take home. So, did you watch the Breeders Challenge final? Yeah, yeah, he wasn't at his best, but he, he, he did you work too hard. Eight first quarter. You want to Hector talk, JJ you, couldn't do no, that, on, mate. Hang on a second. You want to talk Hector JJ? No, yeah, he could have to bring Hector JJ in the conversation. Just quietly. I'm the mighty queen. Can't go those times and finish off Jason. You want to have a go at Hurricane Harley, and yet you want Max Delight, who had to run off the arm in a British Challenge for yep. over a mile. He would have got beat 100 metres, Hurricane Harley, if he oh. went 25 8, mate. Well, maybe you can get in touch with the owners there of, of uh, Max Delight and see if you can get a share. That's, that's what well, you did with yeah, that's what you did with Hector. You waited yeah. until he was a gun horse already, then you slipped. Well, that's smart, isn't it? <laughs> well, you only won money. about 800,000 after that. God bless if you, you Matty McClellan. You've got the money. Yeah. Now, what about. Um, Demon Delight, $5 at the moment. You, you're telling me, Blake, that the petrol tickets have run out. No, I just think it's worth asking the question, okay. where, where is the where is the petrol tank sitting? I suspect it was it was quite a smart drive from Kate Gaff to make sure Max Delight didn't get a crack at, uh, at Demon Delight in the straight, but he didn't win by a very big margin. Um, he did run a 26-6 last quarter, and he I think he looked pretty impressive, did what he had to do, but... Until they, they actually show it full bore, you don't know what's left. I will say that uh, I spoke to Clayton Tonkin prior to the qualifiers on Friday night, and he said there's not a lot between his top three, but he had Demon Delight on top of Hurricane Harley now to play. So I wouldn't be too concerned with what you saw on Friday night. I, I thought Kate Gath drove a brilliant race. Max Delight was the only conceivable danger. No sprint lane at Ballarat. Hold him up for as long as you can. So no worries for me from what I saw from Demon Delight on Friday night, Gareth. Crime writer caused an upset in his head of the Breeders' Crown for Matty Craven. Yeah, what a drive. Unbelievable steer to get him behind the leader. He can do that from um, time to time, Matty. Yeah. Sometimes he can put in an absolute shocker. But he can be very good too. Yeah, right. <laughs> Matty Craven's just copped it in the ear for I some reason. I love Matty Craven. Yeah, I'm no. a big fan of Matty no. Craven. No, you yeah. talking about the horse or about Matty Craven's Matty driving? Matty Craven. Okay. Yeah, yeah no. Okay. He's talking about Matty. There yep. was no doubt he was giving Matty Craven a whack. Just giving him a little out there. Sometimes no. he has ants in his pants. <laughs> um, Have you ever had that? He's, he's, you know, Gareth's owned a few that, uh, that Matty's been it's involved true. with. So that he's talking from experience. I love him, but, uh, well, I'm, I'm not sure how he feels about you right now. Crime writer. Very good win. He did win a heat of the Vic Bread Super Series as well. So he's a really good horse. Can he win the final? Nah. No. No. Un- under no circumstances. But oh. he- he's he's in that peloton of horses. There's probably about, I don't know, five, six, seven horses that are all in that peloton. And if he gets a brilliant drive, he could place in a final. Okay. I don't think he could win the final. Bakes, you, you, you're, Pro- thro- you're throwing up a... No, I mean, mo- you know, most horses that are going to go through this series... Uh, are going to get some chance to win the final if they run it upside down, and he'd be one of those. But, uh, um, you know, on balance, you'd, you'd think not. I did think out to play was probably the run of the race, um, making a lot of ground late. And even that last 50 metres, I thought he really hunted the line out to play. So he's certainly a horse I wouldn't drop off. Jesse Duke, question mark? No, well, I mean, we yes. should be... We should... No, he's got, we can't. We don't have to get Mark Purden on tomorrow. He can't win. He can't win the series. The fact is, we're we're pretty confident Mark Mark and Nat aren't 
weren't down with the team over the week. So there's going to be a situation where those horses will improve significantly when they mm. come down and get their hands on uh, our Princess Tiffany and also Jesse Duke. But our Princess Tiffany will still probably win her series. Jesse Duke won't. If Jesse Duke draws the pole, it can win. No, it can't. Hmm. Here's Heelsville. Race number six, James Vandermart. I'm fine. In the previous race, your best bet, home and hose, mate. You can afford so a steak back. instead of McDonald's now on the way home. Yes, a very fancy steak after a couple of winners today, G Hall. Uh, we'll see how we go. But, no, it's been a, a good day of racing so far up the straight. I was really keen on Cody's success earlier today, race four, and uh, was crunched into about 260 at the close, which I think still looked a pretty good price when the uh, the judge let them go in race number four. This event, the uh, sixth event, and Krabi at around 340. Just looks a bit of each-way value. Master Winslow's been consistent, second in the past three race outings, so consistently running well, but just unable to get past the winner, Master Winslow, and he's done that at Mount Gambier and also here at Hillsville. We'll see what plays out. He did really launch in that race behind Wild Honey two starts ago, so he looks a big chance in the small field. Set to go now. Green light, race six. Away in racing, and Master Winslow began well in his solo against the rail early. Krabi went out fast from the outside, and going forward, Ultimate Amadeus, then Crackerjack Roy, and Owlette had dropped out at the tail of the field, but Master Winslow went to Ultimate Amadeus. They've beaten off Krabi, and it's Master Winslow powering away, and the favourites go to March Clear and win it easily. Master Winslow all too good by four to Ultimate Amadeus. Third might be Krabi, and nose Crackerjack Roy, and Owlette had brought up the rear in the Blinkers, 1971 for Master Winslow. Too good. Dollar eighty, two thirty. The place. There you go. Defeats the six. You don't see that too often. Photo for third. We'll let you know those numbers. Jason Bonington and Blake Redden are with me here on RSN Central. This is Gatesbeat on a Monday morning. Point number four. Villa continues her comeback with weekend win. That's Nostra, Nostra Villa famous Stewart, and she's. Top class, we all know that, but it's good to see her racing back. I don't think she's in career best form yet, but she's winning. Yeah, it's hard to tell, obviously, when a horse yeah. is making transition from two to three, and she had so long out, but, um, yeah, excellent win on the weekend, and it sort of franked that that start of the preparation that began through the Vic Bread Super Series, and it will be interesting. I'm not sure if... I'm sure they're probably both uh, breeders, Crown eligible, um, Nostra Villa and Pistol Abbey, and... Can she turn the tables? Potentially. She copped plenty of pressure in the Vic Bread final bond and, and she wasn't beaten that far by Pistol Abbey who had every favour. Well, I reckon the camp was suggesting that she could win the Vic Bread final in the lead-up to that final, so she's only going to be fitter. I'd, I'd probably say she is in at least okay. career best form at the moment. She's, the, the win on the weekend was... Absolutely devastating. She was just annexing three, two, two and three-year-old features like they weren't, they weren't there. Yeah, but yeah. no, well, a couple of times um, she was beaten by a very good one in her generation who was a whole level above Nostra Villa, of course. Um, she's all rock, but Nostra Villa is, uh, is high quality. She was off the scene for a long time. She came back and Emma said, she's pretty fat. We're not going to have her right for the Big Bread Super Series, but she progressed so quickly. By the time they got to the final, they thought they might win it, but she's only gotten better and better since then. So I don't know how long she'll stay and work. Obviously, they're going to probably try and Agree with her again at some point yeah. uh, relatively soon, but uh, very big win on the weekend. Front row draw meant she was always going to find the front, so you're, you're selling easy. her off quickly. There, I would have thought she'd have a couple of years left of racing. Oh, I think she's I, only four. I think I think uh, I think Mr. Caruana is pretty keen to to, okay. to to begin the empire. Now, Tornado sweeps through Victoria in the form of Australia's best trotter. My only problem here with Tornado Valley mm-hmm. is that he can never be called Australia's best trotter because oh, he can't he travel outside no. of Victoria. 
Where, where are all the best trotting races in Australia? Yeah, I know that, but he can't go to... That's very good. Well, shut up, Gary. That's a very good point. Well, he, could go, he can't go to New Zealand for the Inter-Dominion, for example, is she? Yep. Yeah, but yeah, it's all right. Or, or New South Wales for that $100,000 Group 1 trotting race on Miracle Mile Day oh, or night. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all well and good. He's definitely it's irrelevant, he's Gary. Australia's best trotter. He's won five good right, ones. He's an Inter-Dominion champion. And he's killed him. He broke a track record first up from a break at Maryborough on Redwood Day. And he smashed his rolls again on the weekend. He's the best. <laughs> He'd be buggered if he was trained in New South Wales then, wouldn't well, he? <laughs> Well, you got you got to remember he travelled once. He's from New Zealand, so yep. he, like he, he obviously can travel. He just doesn't really enjoy it too much, Gareth. Mm. Mm. And Blake? he's the best. Yep. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, well, he's back. I, I'm still waiting for this epic clash between him and McLovin, who I think at one point, Bon, you were certainly ent- entertaining the idea that McLovin could knock off Tornado Valley and uh, maybe maybe yeah, he might have beaten him home, but. Andy Gath agrees that if McLovin okay. was in front and Tornado Valley was out to the leader, let's, McLovin would probably win the race. Let's get and that by the way, he was going. selling both off to get Majestuoso in 18 <laughs> months last time we spoke to him on the show last week in Gareth. Wouldn't you love to take Andy Gath shopping? Because he's the best bargain buy <laughs> trainer going around at the moment when it comes to trotters. I wouldn't actually like to take him uh, shopping because he, he wears designer labels everywhere he? he goes. Unbelievable dress, but he very pro- snappy. He probably goes to those shops, you know, what do they call it? The DFOs. Mikey, yeah. Mikey, Mikey Velasaris joins us. Have you ever been to a DFO? Because you're Never. a you're a northern suburbs type of Grundy type I like of my, look. Uh, shopping online. Okay, Gary. yeah. Do, do I you, like to get my brands online. Do you, you know? do it? I used to go to Savers back in the day before before I got all this money, uh, Mikey. You I and Benny Day will have a lot in common. Yeah, then. no, I, yeah. I, I, I reckon in those suburbs, you've never been to Savers. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, yeah of course yeah. we have. We've all yeah, been yeah, except yeah, for Blake. He's but, never gone there. The moral of the story is that Andy Gas can buy a trotter. And if you're looking, if you're looking to get into ownership in harness racing, and you want a trotter, Andy Gath, what what did he buy? Say Tornado Valley for McLovin? They're thirty grand, is it oh, around absolute, that, that absolute, mark? Absolute maximum, you would have thought. And the fact of the matter is, there's no secret to it. Andy Gath watches every race. In New Zealand. He's like a he, geek. He lies in bed, and I'm telling you what, Kate's fallen fast asleep, and he, he's up for another three hours watching replays mm. from New Zealand, and that's how you identify um, good buys. But his, his capacity to get them from New Zealand, he and Norm Jenkins, of course, and get them winning big race in Australia is uh, quite phenomenal. Now, SNS, SOS call out to Peter Tonkin. If you're listening, tell Emma to answer a phone. We're hoping to catch up with Emma Stewart. Guess what? Every it time works. I've said that, it's worked with Greg Sugars, and now... With the golden girl of harness racing, Emma Stewart joins us. <laughs> Good afternoon to you, Em. Thanks for joining us on RSN Central. No worries at all. I knew you would answer once we gave you the call <laughs> out. Um, it's been a wonderful, well, been a wonderful five years for your stable. But you love this time of the year. Vic Bread's just finished, and now the Breeders' Crown. Before we get on to your Breeders' Crown runners. Mm-hmm. I get asked this question a lot. What would Emma Stewart's best horse be in her stable? I said, well, I'll ask her. Emma, what's your best horse in your stable? Oh, now, don't, I know you can put your heart before your head. Yeah, I do, often. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so, um, oh, it's hard at this stage. Um, Poster Boy is my favourite. Ride High's back. The Storm Inside's back. Shadow Sacks is back. Um it's really hard. It sort of changes. So um, I don't really have an answer. If you ask me personally, Poster Boy. Yep. If you ask Clayton, it's right high. Yeah. I'm probably with Clayton. No Just, doubt. Yeah. By a nose. But <laughs> I've been proven wrong as this segment's proven time and time again. <laughs> Only two segments. Hey, um, first of all, the three-year-old boys division. Mm. Now, Hurricane Harley, he can be a horse that can be frustrating. Is that right? Yeah, he can. He can be a little bit naughty more than yeah. anything. So uh, 
yeah, he's sort of your heart's in your mouth with him a fair bit of the time. Is he your best chance? What's your best chance in that three-year-old division for the Colts and Geldings? Yeah, I think I think definitely with you know his run in the heat was super, and you know um, when he's right, he's real good. But you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount out to play and also Demon Delight. You know, I thought that was terrific as well. Just talk us through Hurricane Har- Harley a little bit, Emma. I mean, what does his preparation look like from say Vic Bread time to now? Where is he at? in terms of in himself, where was he Vic Bread time and where is he now and what can we expect in the next couple of weeks? Well, he wasn't 100% going into the Vic Bread finals. We have a lot of trouble with his feet and um, he sort of had a little issue right before the final and probably wasn't 100%. So his work since then has been terrific and, you know, his run um, last week, you know, showed that. So I think he's definitely um, on the improve and, you know, he sort of, he handles the racing well and he holds his position good. So out of the three that I like in that division, he's probably he's probably coming through at the best at the moment. Outstanding news, Hurricane Harley. We talk about horses. You are back we, on board then. I've always been, <laughs> I've always been on board. We, we might have had a private conversation in a dark time <laughs> after the Big Bread Super Series final. Well, he reminds me of you, Hurricane Harley. You just never know what you're going to get. Can be quite naughty at times. Gallops when you need him most, but can win and be quite good. Yeah, well, you're, you're like Max a lot. You fire off, and unfortunately, you go a bit early sometimes. And, but I'm uh, still a, work out I'm a two-time classic winner, mate. <laughs> um, we better get on to another horse that's got foot problems, and Blake Red and Easy Ears will be spiking up here at the moment. Pacifico Dream is in the same division as Be Happy Mac. Now, going into the qualifiers, we thought Be Happy Mac, clearly number one, maybe Miragon number two. But this horse, Pacific Pacifico Dream, he surprised everybody. How close is that horse at his best to a horse like Be Happy Mac, Em? I think as close as the Miragon is, um, you know, he's just got that little bit more class than him. And, you know, we've had a lot of trouble getting him going. It's hard to gate up and he has a lot of foot issues. But we're sort of on top of that at the minute. And, you know, he's probably our... He's not that far off Be Happy Mac, but, you know, he's done the job and this fella's sort of only starting out. So he's definitely close to the Miragon. The three-year-old Phillies, Emma, it was... Uh... It was a bit of a strange night, uh, I think last Wednesday or Thursday. Two times better, was excellent winning. Um, is she clearly above looking fabulous right now? Yeah, I think so. You know, she's always been probably our second best filly behind Kualoa and um, she was terrific in her heat. Obviously, something mustn't have been right with Turden's horse, but, um, you know, I thought our filly did a terrific job. And we get on to the final division that we've seen the qualifiers of, uh, the two-year-old fillies now. I've got one here. Have you? Yeah, and I'm Go all on. over oh. treasure. Oh well, I would imagine Marjeet is your top pick, but but Treasure was Treasure Please. was terrific. It was better than Marjeet the other day. Well, yeah, it was different circumstances, but we'll, yeah, I'll tell you what we'll do in a moment. We'll just let him answer. But yeah, uh, so. Gemstone won the other qualifier, and where do they rank against one another? Um, they're all pretty close. I think definitely Marjeet and Treasure are a little bit above Gemstone. But in saying that, I think as the season goes on, she's getting a lot better. Um, I'm a Majita fan. I'm also a Treasure fan. But if I had to have my money on one, it would be uh, Majita. I think she's got okay. sort of no quit in her and she's got good manners. And But my personal favourite is Amelia Rose. And if she gets a, a good sit, uh, a cold sit and can come late, you know, she's, she's pretty dangerous as well. We're talking about value here. So Majita's $2 with tab.com.au. But Treasure's at $5. Amelia Rose at $6. So is Treasure the value there? Or Amelia Rose at $6. I think Majita's too short at $2. I think she's pretty short. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to jump into either either of the other two. Yep. Um, Treasure can sort of 
if things don't turn out her way, she can sort of make her own luck where Amelia Rose is more of a speed horse and if she lobs behind the leader or really handy, she's very dangerous. All of Saturday night's winners, you had a stack there as well, Tabcourt Park, Melton, and, but Maritai was the one that probably caught most people's eyes sitting parked outside uh, the leader and getting home in exceptionally quick final fractions. Is Maritai, I know that he's always been... I he's, love him. He's lived in the shadow a little bit of your favourite poster boy, I reckon, Maritai, but he's a very, very good horse. Is he headed, is he headed all the way to the top? Yeah, I think so. Um, he sort of hit a bit of a flat spot in his form there a while back and, you know, we struggled to get him back. But, um, you know, he seems like he's come back bigger and better now and we've always really liked him as a horse and he's sort of just been that little bit below sort of ride high and poster boy. But, you know, I definitely think going forward, um, you know, he's definitely a player in the big races. Emmy, you've mentioned ride high a couple of times now. Tell us a little bit about uh, exactly where he's at, how far away from the races and any early targets you're going to set for him over summer. Yeah, no, we have no targets. Our main target is just to keep him sound. So, um, you know, he's probably been back in two months just doing not of a hell of a lot, but he's just jogging around and, you know, he's a fair way off the track, but everything at this stage is looking really good. Now, I'll tell you why Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin are the best at the moment. Mm-hmm. I heard a story the other day, and you can confirm or deny this, Emma. It's a Dominion night. They do double heats with their team. So that means they do fast work. They put them away for two hours or they stay there and then they go back again. Into the minion night, it rained all day, didn't it? And so Clayton Tonkin stayed back, waited to dry out and then was working when it was dark on Into the minion night. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. called one and that's why you get to the top because you've put in the hard work. I love those stories. I don't think people hear it too often. And that's what Clayton Tonkin and Emma Stewart do with their one percenters. They make sure that they get the job done. Some people might have just said, well, it's raining into Dominion night. We've got runners, big night of harness racing. We'll give them the day off. But there you go. Thank you, Emma. No worries. There's Emma Stewart there, our leading trainer in harness racing at the moment in Victoria. Very quickly. Setting the bar very high. Very quickly, Gareth. I want you to think for the next seven days because I reckon we should have a yep. little, some serious discussions here on gate speed. And one of them should be, should those professional trainers like Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin be competing against hobbyist now we've always done this in harness racing but they've got you've just outlined it they're training at the lexus center some of the hobbyists are training at, at the oval behind the uh, behind the school and i just now in 2019 i think it's getting harder and harder for the two to compete with it's one the another. ability of what horses you've got if you're a hobby trainer and you've got an a-grade player in your backyard you, that's their dream if you're a hobby trainer you've got a horse yeah, you want to have I, it like a brian tudnam with sting like a bee I, i'm a significantly better athlete than you for instance but if you got all the facilities the gym the pool the sauna and i had to and i had to train around you know around pascova where i live now you could could legitimately compete with me. Yeah, you, 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 you go where the you tier racing, so you go where your horse's ability is, mm. and then you make certain races where four and a half thousand, and then the hobby trainers can go to those particular tracks. That's my humble opinion. We'll talk more but about I, I think if you, I think in any walk of life, if I host this radio show, mm. I want to make it the best possible radio show with what I've got mm. to compete with anyone. Yeah, that, so that's what you want, and so you set the bar high. You work. You do your homework, you think outside of the square and you try and be that, the, the best that you possibly can be. And I think at the moment, Stuart and Tonkin, they set the bar and people need to try and get to that bar. I, no, I agree with that part, but we'll talk more yeah. about this, Gareth. Jason, thank you. Blake, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Gareth.
Lismore not far away. This is the opening race. We have a short price favourite here. Guess what? It's $1.95 here at Lismore, and it's been heavily supported. That's Rouse, $1.50 at the moment. Um, and Michael Costa, good young trainer based out of the Gold Coast. He's a perfect example of that. Michael Costa took a punt, wanted to be the best. Now he's kicking goals.